Do you like the work we're doing here at It's All Journalism? For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us continue the conversation about good journalism. Show your support by donating to our Patreon campaign. Go to itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page to donate. The most exciting part, I think, is the the small startups. Like two guys get together and they get an idea to do kolache because they're from Texas and they mm-hmm. love kolache. And they start out just doing it here and there. And the next thing you know, they're opening brick and mortar and there are lines out the door for days and they're written up by everybody is having the best. It's just so nice to see people start out with a good idea and become huge. Welcome to It's All Journalism. My name is Michael O'Connell, here with another podcast about digital media and the people who make it. In studio with me today are two colleagues from uh, WTOP Radio. They're actually not here necessarily talking about radio. They're actually here to talk about podcasting. Uh, Welcome. Um, First of all, Rachel Nania is the living editor at WTOP, and Jason Fraley, who's been on the podcast before, he's uh, WTOP's entertainment editor and movie reviewer and whatnot. So you guys have just started a podcast called Capital Culture. So let's let's start there first. So tell me about Capital Culture. Sure. So like you mentioned, I'm the living editor, Jason C. Entertainment Editor. So we go out and do stories every day for our, our respective pages up there on WTOP.com. Gather a lot of tape because we also file on-air pieces. And, you know, on-air pieces are typically limited to, what, 35, maybe 40 seconds. 40 if, if you're lucky. <laughs> if Brian Drew is being nice. Yeah. Um, no, he's always nice. But, um, you know, we just had all this extra tape and these great interviews that you can't really get into. And so I think we were looking for a different medium to in a different way to display those interviews with these people. I mean, mine, mine's more kind of trends and, you know, food, lifestyle around town. Jason gets some great celebrity interviews. <laughs> and it's, you know, not every day do you get to talk, you know, for 20 minutes with Kevin Costner. And then, you know, you only get to use 35 seconds of it. So, yeah. Yeah, that was sort of the pain was that, you know, it's, it's you know, for you too, it's a daily struggle to try to cram this awesome interview with Kevin right. Costner or whoever into that 40-second slot. And now they have that Lido Pizza sponsorship, but, 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 it's the entertainment report. And I'm like, that's awesome, but even less time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just took up five seconds. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it just felt like there was, we were doing a lot of work and a lot of cool content and people, mm-hmm. these great people we were talking to, you with the chefs and restaurants and Union Market and all this stuff and and me with, you know, Kevin Costner and I got the Temptations coming up or whatever. It, it almost seemed like a shame to just shoehorn that into 40 seconds. And the, I mean, we I post the full interview on the web article every day, but I wasn't sure how many people were, you know, reading to the end and listening to it. You know, it just seemed like we needed another outlet to, to play the long forms. Now, you've been doing this for a couple of months. Have you gotten any feedback from anybody? Yes. Mostly good. Mostly good. Mostly good. The first one we did, we really just kind of went in there. Both of us went in there blindly. We'd never done a podcast before. I will admit I am a podcast junkie. I have my podcast that I listen to religiously. So I kind of had an idea of what, you know, the structure should be or what we should do. The first one, though, was about, what, 55 minutes? It was a little long. pushing an hour. We've since cut it to about... Around 30. 30. The last one was 28. So, yeah, yeah that was, that was been the some trial and error. Yeah. And I'd say another thing, too, is, you know, when I go out on interviews, um, I'm so used to the mic being more pointed at the subject because I'm getting their tape for the 
the air. For the air. And I'll wrap my voice around that. And so I think one thing our boss, Julia Ziegler, said right away was, I'm having trouble hearing you when you replay these interviews. So it's kind of made us had to think, it's made me at least have to think more about it when I go out on interviews. Okay, if I'm going to use this for the podcast later this week, I need to make myself sound good as well as <laughs> the, the person I'm interviewing. Yeah, I know that uh, the couple that I listen to, I mean, Jason, a lot of your interviews, are, you're either one-on-one on one or they're over the phone. And I know that, uh, Rachel, you're out in the field a lot. Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you thought about like incorporating natural sound and other things into your storytelling? Definitely. And actually, that that's uh, this last week was a good example of that, only I think I had a little too much natural sound. I was in a <laughs> restaurant, and they had just opened, and I worry that it was just too too much banging and clanking of dishes. So it is that kind of constant struggle to, you know, get the ambient noise from where you are and let the listener kind of go to that place, even if it's just in their mind, and then also make it so it's audible. <laughs> well, it's all, but in addition to it changing how you're saying, how it changes how you record your interviews, it also has start, sort of altered the way that I do like my story planning, my, my Google calendar. Because mm-hmm. um, before mm-hmm. you would you would sort of time stuff with, okay, this it's going to air on the radio and on the web, and so maybe I'll run it you know, the week of the show. But um, now I'm sort of starting to think ahead in terms yeah. of what the podcast options could be because we always post it on, on Friday. And uh, and so you're sort of like, well, what, how, what would be good sort of leading into the weekend? And I guess in some cases, you know, it's kind of a cool thing for listeners that they can say, oh, I'm going to hear the full interview before actually, you know, the full story airs on WTOP. So in a way, it can kind of be like a, a sneak peek, I guess. Yeah. So what's your turnaround? I mean, we just it's a Thursday and you guys just said you just finished doing your doing your recording for it. Is your turnaround then just. You know, you got to get it ready for next uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, we got to get it ready. So um, <laughs> <laughs> the recording's the easy. The recording part. is the easiest part because we just hop in the studio for you know ten minutes, kind of do a little bit of banter back and forth, introduce what we're going to talk about. What takes us a long time is editing stuff down, editing ourselves down from that recording, and then also editing our interviews down because, um, like we mentioned, some of them can be twenty minutes long that we do, some and we are a half hour. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're really only playing five minute. Clips. Yeah. Even though we're playing longer portions of the interview, yeah. they're not nearly as long as the content that we have. So going back and listening to that and editing those down to these, you know, five minute clips. We have a secret guest on this week's episode and we just had a great conversation with him upstairs, but it was 20 minutes. So we, we need to make that 10. So, you know, kind of finding the time to go back and cut those It was down. the secret guest. We can probably spoil it. Yeah, this it, is right? going to be a couple of weeks really out. probably air after ours anyway. It's, it was with Bob Marburg of the Traffic Center. <laughs> he came up to me raving about the night of on HBO. And this mm-hmm. was before we had seen it. I was mm-hmm. still in my Stranger Things phase. And he came up and said, uh, I've just watched this show because he watched it live week to week. Right. right. You and I just binge. Yeah, I'm a binge. But yeah, just so it's, we had Rick Massimo come on earlier because he mm-hmm. he wrote he literally wrote the book on the Newport Film Festival, the Newport Folk Festival. Newport, sorry, <laughs> he literally wrote the book on the Newport Folk Festival. You know where Dylan did his electric yeah. Dylan thing mm-hmm. and all that. So I don't know. We just try to highlight different people that are up there and have sort of side passions and let them come talk about the night of for a bit, right. even though you're used to hearing them in traffic. So listening to a couple of your podcasts, you know what it reminds me of are sort of these the and don't take it in a bad way if this is a bad thing. <laughs> the, the, those magazine type shows that were sort of locally focused to the uh, you know like what celebrities in town um you know what interesting restaurant is is going on and, and it's sort of you guys have your sort of banter back and forth but it, then you sort of go into your reports and it sort of takes you someplace else the one that i was listening to this morning was the one with the um 
I guess there's a, an event coming up at the, uh, the OA, OAS, and you were talking about the garden, the Organization of American States. Yes. They have a, have a garden party. Yes. And, uh, you know, that was kind of neat because it kind of puts you into the place. And the other thing I really like about your podcast is, and, and I forget what the, the tag is you have at the beginning of it, but the fact is, you know, that people think of Washington, D.C. is just politics right. uh, as museums and and, you know, just a place to go to tourist. But there are a lot of really cool cultural things here. I mean, D.C. is a is a foodie city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Number one by Bon Appetit, just yeah. named. Tons of theaters and, you know, Arena it, Stage and Kennedy Center. It every- drives me mad when people, like, to be honest, when yeah. people just associate this town with yeah. politics. Because yeah. there are so many people yeah. who... Beyond that, I mean, there's a huge creative community in they this They call it city. the creative economy is how all the officials are, oh, are trying to sorry. brand it. Yeah, for funding-wise. <laughs> for funding-wise. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it really, this city is so much more than just what happens down on Pennsylvania Avenue and up on Capitol Hill and all the lobbying firms in between. <laughs> so our intro. Do our intro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really? Go. Do oh, our intro. Okay. Uh, let's see. If you think D.C. is all politics and traffic, think, think again. again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's really please, just kind please of. don't talk. At the same time, again, I'm just saying. Go oh, on. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's really just trying to you know unveil that. And- well, and, and we're we're talking about the podcast, but that's actually part of what your job is. I mean, you, you know, day in day out, you're doing you know feature stories, uh, living stories, you know, entertainment stories for people in the D.C. area. You know, obviously, if you live here, you know that there's lots of different things to do. You know, what what do you see as you know the sort of daily challenges for for each of you in trying to find these types of stories? Hmm. Keeping it fresh. And I also think, too, balancing it between doing longer, more in-depth features where you have, you know, multiple interviewees and subjects and then doing those like one-off quick stories. Also, too, trying to come to terms with like I'm not the person scooping the next big restaurant. You know, I kind of have I that's not my job. So what I'll do is kind of wait and, um, you know, when news that a restaurant's opening, I'll wait. You know, it's the news isn't that they're opening. I'll try and talk to the chef about something that they're doing that's special there that makes them there. So just trying to find that that angle and just... Yeah, the the chef you had on the one that I was listening to, she likes potatoes. I remember that. Potatoes, that yes. That's Doran <laughs> down at um, uh, Farewell on 8th Street. Yeah, it's a vegan restaurant, so and she's big on potatoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I learned. I listened. <laughs> um, he did his homework. I don't know. What is your struggle? I, I Are we talking podcast or more the no, entertainment? Just, oh, yeah. Just, just both. The stories. I mean, yeah, finding the good stuff and just balancing I mean, it. I, I love doing the longer. I love doing the longer pieces, but the reality of it is you have to turn out a story every day. Well, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is that we should sort of define this. You both work for a news radio station mm-hmm. where you may, you know, we, we touched on it before, that you may only have a short spot on air, but you also produce a feature that may have multimedia in it for the website. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're you're taking the same content, but you're, you know, putting it out in, in different formats. And mm-hmm. now you're putting it out in, into a podcast. Yeah, true. I mean, if anything, it's almost the opposite. Like these these positions themselves began as web only positions. Yeah, so both of us. Te- yeah, I mean, bef- well, yeah. And, and like my our predecessor, my predecessor, Alicia Lozano, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it used to be just like your your job is to ha- write up a long form, you know, heavy duty, straight up like print journalism type of thing mm-hmm. for the web. That, you know, has the multimedia and stuff in it. But it, this is your cover story for the day. You know, this is the entertainment story and this is the living story for the day. Um, So 
I think it was only recently that I'd say like two years ago, around when I started, that we started doing a lot more of the crossover stuff and mm-hmm. having daily, you know, pieces on the air and mm-hmm. stuff. So for me, I think that's the major struggle. Sometimes I wish it would be, you know, it's like, oh, I wish I could just sit and, and finesse this article a little bit. Right. But then, you know, you're just spending another hour or two doing the on-air piece too. Right. But in terms of struggles, I don't know. I feel like mainly just learning to say no because we're oh, we get yes. so many press releases and, um, you know, there's a million concert venues. There's a million theater shows going on in, mm-hmm. in town. I'm also trying to see as many movies and, you know, TV shows and stuff as possible. So in the end, you got to learn to, you know, you can't, you can only cover so much. Right? Yeah. And then balance your coverage to make yeah. sure that oh you know I, I better do a theater story because I haven't one done done one in yeah, weeks exactly. you know things like that and that features into the podcast too it's like well I have two TV and like this week right, like, we're all I, have, TV. I, have, I talked to Tim Meadows remember the ladies man yeah but uh, and Henry and Henry Winkler too uh, the Fonz about their two TV shows but you're like you know what we can't go too too, too heavy on the TV I'll do a Kennedy Center thing right. so that factors into the podcast right. lab too yeah and that sort of changes your your day-to-day as well is yeah. like oh I guess this is gonna be the big story for that day uh, when you may have may have gone to something else. Now, Rachel, you sort of touched on the, the, the sort of, you know, the types of things you like to do. You like to, to write long stories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had Jason on the podcast before. He's told me what he wants, what he likes to do. <laughs> but what are the things that are, you know, this podcast is about for, for journalists. I mean, you know, what are some of the tricks that you use in, in coming up with ideas with or, you know, booking or finding guests or, or you know, finding different types of stories? Reading. <laughs> no, if I could take one day out of the week and just dedicate it to reading other content, I wish I could because that is where all of my ideas come from. And not necessarily like ripping other ideas, but just like, oh, I wonder if we can take that idea and kind of make it more local. So I get a lot of ideas off of just you know reading reading other content out there. Press releases, I'm not going to say that I mean, stories come from press releases Mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes a press release will come through and they'll be pitching one thing. You say, actually, mm, can we take it and like maybe do this angle instead? I'd love to talk to the chef there or like um, your subject there about that. And then also just being aware of trends going on in the the various industries, whether it's parenting, health, food, fashion, you know, just watching TV and paying attention to what's out there really is. But the, that's what amazes me about what you do. Um, not to pat your back and everything. Oh, but like, Jason. But like, no, seriously, it's a lot of your stuff, like with my stuff, it's a lot of it's, you know, time to a specific concert or a movie's coming out this Friday or this show's at the Kennedy Center, so it has to run by this certain date. But for you, like what amazes me is is how you're generating sort of these more featurey things that I guess are a bit more evergreen. But yeah. to be able to like pop, keep your populating the calendar and come up with those ideas is, I feel it's, like those you have to work harder to get the idea itself as opposed to I say, oh, this concert's coming, you know. I left off the biggest thing, right. and, and that is other people in this newsroom come to me with ideas all the time, mm-hmm. and that is where a lot of story ideas come from. You know, people have the the managers have their meetings in the morning discussing news of the day. Story ideas will come out of there. People just come up to my desk and say, hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Tons of people come to you with story ideas, so I cannot take credit at all for a lot of my story ideas. So are you the guys, or is it your desk that they're running that the, the contest, the, the top? The top, of, yes, yeah. Top 10. So it's technically the whole newsroom. Um, a, f- a few of us are kind of he- heading it up. I put together the the galleries. Ginger and Kelly, our social media directors, are really kind of plugging away at, at getting people to vote. So yeah, that's cool. I, I've never. I don't think we have anybody on the podcast uh, before who's who's, who's uh, covered food or covered restaurants. Ah, yeah. So t- tell me about that. What's that? What's that experience like? Oh, it's been so fun. It. 
fell into my lap, first of all, as everything. Like a nice plate of food. Like, <laughs> like a nice juicy like a, steak. Like a big, <laughs> big plate of spaghetti. Um, I mean, like everyone here, I started out working part-time, overnight, on the desk. <laughs> Literally, everybody here starts out with those hours. And someone else was in the living position, and I started contributing a few stories to that. I was freelancing for another another website in town called Border Stand, which just revived. Yay. Love that website. And I was doing, you know, food and openings and stuff like that for them. And so I started doing a little bit of that for TOP when I got here. And then when the former living editor left, I was fortunate enough to slide into that role and kind of do it full time. And covering food's been a lot of fun. Again, I, I, I'm not the like, you know, this is opening here, this is opening now. It's It's more of just kind of overall what's going on in the scene. And, oh, I just said the scene. That sounds the so scene. The scene. <laughs> on the scene. Um, but I will say, so November is going to be my fourth year here. In the past four years, I cannot even tell you how much it's become a big part of D.C. I mean, you hear the, oh, yeah, we were just named the best food city. This city has grown so much. And all of it is these the most exciting part, I think, is the the small startups. Like two guys get together and they get an idea to do kolache because they're from Texas and they mm-hmm. love kolache. And they start out just doing it here and there. And the next thing you know, they're opening a brick and mortar and there are lines out the door for days and they're written up by everybody is having the best. It's just so nice to see people start out with a good idea and become Huge. Or, or, or they start a start a food truck. Yeah, because a food truck. We've got a great food truck, or or exactly. a, or a brew pub because we've got so many breweries in the D.C. area. Or right I now. mean, Chaya, the taco place. They start at the farmers market and they build a huge following. And the next thing you know, they have their own store in Georgetown. It's just, it's really and and it's good food, but it's also, I mean, those are great stories too. Exactly. I mean, it's always the people, and I'm taking Bob Marburg's. Uh, line here it's it's always the people behind the subject of the story like why what made them want to do this you know how do they keep going yeah i I found the the one story that you had in the the podcast that i was listening to about the guy at the uh the market the eastern market whose family had been there and i guess they were like chicken wholesalers oh yes yes and and it's and it was like completely different you know, angle to a food story where rather than it's a restaurant, these are people who sort of started out in the, you know, we're supplying restaurants with stuff. Yep. Oh, and then on the weekends, we, we sell defective chickens yes. to, to people. And so, so then suddenly it becomes a big thing and he's been, you know, yeah. family's been doing it for generations. Generations. Human that story was fascinating. Is the best. Oh, absolutely. It's always about the human story yeah. at the end of it. I feel like even the celebrity story. people, I think I found myself doing that more and more too. Um, is just getting finding out how they got into it, like like we like we had David Crosby on, yeah, um, you know one. of the birds and, and um, Crosby, Stills and Nash, and just by going the the human route, his dad shot High Noon. He was a cinematographer for Grace Kelly and Gary. Like I had no idea, but if you kind of do um, you know the human side and, and chart how they got into it, a it will inspire other people that realize oh they were nothing to start with too. But I think it's just more relatable, and, and it also makes the people people think of celebrities as divas and stuff, but no, they're really just regular people. And I think that lets them lean back in the chair and relax. And oh, this guy gets me. You know, I, I like the human angle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the the one the Kevin Costner interview where you talked about his roots in 
I guess gospel music even or his church yeah, music. Well, he said his first performance was at um his, the church the the nativity. He said he was like the the wise men and he he's like my, I had one line, hark, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> he said the little hat would fall over his eyes but yeah, and like his family like played music in the church and that's how he like ended music. But yeah, there's always interesting little stories that you don't always know about. Yeah, yeah, and a lot a lot more a lot more wrinkles to it. So, I wanted to ask you guys a couple of things about sort of entertainment and lifestyle. You were talking before about, uh, like, you know, you're both watching television and TV shows. And actually, the, the first, before I even get into that, I want to ask you this, Rachel. You said that you're a podcast junkie. What podcast do you listen to? Which are your favorites? This is going to show you how much I limit myself because they all have one thing in common. Dinner Party Download. Have you guys? I've heard of that. Okay, yeah. it is fantastic. Those guys are amazing. I saw them recently. They did a live taping up at the Fillmore in Silver Spring, and it was just everything I dreamed it would be. So Dinner Party Download, definitely. Bon Appetit has a pretty good podcast out. And their editor, Adam Rappaport, is actually from D.C. originally, so he always mentions D.C., which I like hearing. Brian Drew upstairs got me turned on to the, the Sporkful yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's, yeah. I forget what the guy's name is. Um, yeah. So love that. Of course, I, I mean, I've listened to This American Life forever. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Wait, I, that, I like that. I listened <laughs> to that live. <laughs> That's my Saturday. Wait, wait, don't tell me. So, and then Food 52 has a podcast out too that I've caught on occasion. It's pretty good. How about you? Do you listen to podcasts? That, I name the one that I kind of will check out every now and then is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. What's the other? All Things Considered? Is that another? Well, that's, that's their, more of a regular. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but I, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. Like, I'm sort of a podcast newbie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, Rachel has her, her list of, of menu items, so to speak. But yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of new to this whole game. A, a lot of this, the only sort of podcast I listen to is a lot of like, you know, sports talk stuff that, uh, that I miss during the day, and I'll, I'll pull that up. But I'm kind of you know i kind of unplug when i get out of top i just love them you can do anything while you're listening to a podcast i listen to podcasts when i run i listen to podcasts when i clean i listen to podcasts when i'm just like walking home when i'm grocery shopping i have a new baby i'll listen to the podcast when he's up in the middle of the night <laughs> what's the what's the one that alec there i'd have listened to one that alec baldwin does where he'll interview oh, like yeah. julie andrews oh, gosh, and a I couple people the name of that is that, yeah that is a really great one i'm blanking on it too but i really enjoy that one and it's long form too yeah. Um, so that there's one, but yeah, I listen to a lot of sports. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, well, entertainment all day at work. Yeah, I, like, I know. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta like change my... it up a little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you gotta, you gotta listen to more podcasts. There's lots more. Oh, and I, I think... it's all journalism. I listen to that yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my oh, favorite wow. one. I forgot. Do you have so... any suggestions? Well, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think. Um, I mean, certainly there are a lot of entertainment podcasts you could be listening to. Um, none of which like leap to mind. I listen to Nerdist. Um, oh, I that's do. A, that's yeah. a great one. The great interviews in that. I listen to Marin because he's a he's a great interviewer on uh, WTF. I mean, those are the main ones. My favorite one, and I keep mentioning this on the podcast, is called Hardcore History. It's by Dan Carlin, and it's uh, typical episode comes in at four hours. Oh wow! And but it takes him like three or four months to actually produce it, and oh, it's like goodness. highly produced. It's it's history. Like he look, takes a a period of history, and it's multiple parts. So he'll have like a four part, you know, twelve hour thing mm-hmm. divided up over like a year and a half, and it, but it's like really detailed. He tells these great stories, uh, you know, historical stories, because he's like a he's like a real history nerd, and it's just great stuff. You know, if you've got an itch, you know, there's there's a podcast out there to scratch it. So they say. That's, that's what they tell me. So anyway, so so back into it. So now we're going to nerd out a little bit. First of all, I know you in passing, you mentioned Stranger Things. Yes. 
So what's your take on Stranger Things? Rachel watched it too. So oh, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's all yes. talk about yeah, it. This yeah, is yeah. this is my yeah. We, we I've watched it all. I yeah, assume yeah. you've watched it all. I've uh, almost forgotten what happened. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. You need to watch it again. No. I thought it was like I was. I knocked it out really quick. Like I really was on board, and you know, it's but it's but it's definitely. I don't know how you say it. It's definitely like more of the campy variety. It's it's got some cheesier elements to it that you that are almost you know lovingly so you know because it's all wrapped yeah. in. The, I, but I like like the the late seventies early eighties nostalgia. They crank yes. that up to eleven. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, thank you. But uh, but yeah no. It's basically like. The, oh my gosh! I just got it. Yeah. There you go. It's from, <laughs> it's from an eighty four movie. Don't encourage him. Yeah. No. But uh, no. But so those are the things that I really liked. Were sort of the the poltergeist meets E. T. meets the kids from the Goonies meets the monster from Alien meets Close Encounters kind of a thing. So um, yeah. Instead of you know Richard Dreyfuss with the mashed potato mountain, it's when I went on a rider with blinking Christmas lights. You know, yeah. right. it's it's parents that seem to be going crazy, but are really trying to look for their lost kid that got sucked into the TV set, like Poltergeist or whatever. You know, whatever that you know the analogy is. But I really dug it, and I like that it's sort of even like the sort of cheesy opening credits. It's oh, I sort lo- of a, mm-hmm. I love it. It's like I a love great the, throwback. I love the credits. I love the mu- opening music. It just sets the tone and then it's but it's it's so spielbergian it, it's it's like you know it's it's in that universe in, in the way it tells its story it's and i think it's it's sort of delighted a lot of people in, in sort of the way that it's it's a really well done series of really well done horror science fiction mm-hmm. series with it has kids in it that's not too scary that you know it's kind of neat it's a real sort of throwback to those movies you mentioned i think you'll you sort of really we're really starting to see the mark that Spielberg left on everything because you know everyone yeah, loved all those his people are now yeah exactly filmmakers everyone loved his blockbusters in the 70s 80s and 90s then he you know with Schindler's List and, and Private Ryan and everything from 90s on on up to Lincoln and everything it was more like okay he's even, he's an acclaimed guy now too um but now I really was starting to think see his legacy of like the generation that grew up on Spielberg and Lucas for an example I guess but it's it's almost like the Stranger Things reminds me so much of J.J. Abrams' Super 8. Remember yeah. that movie? Yeah, Which it was, was a about lot like it. a group of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, with the train? A, a monster. A monster. Yeah, yeah. A monster invades this like 80s suburban town kind of a thing. It reminds me more of that than anything. But even that, and I'm, I'm sure Abrams is on the record somewhere of saying this. I don't have, well, have the quote, but I'm sure he was inspired by Spielberg. For well, I thought that it was produced by Spielberg. It might even actually have been. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It, no, no, it's yeah, it's certainly got his fingerprints all over it. Uh, what are your thoughts? My favorite thing about Stranger Things is that it is a great intro for those who like sci-fi light, like myself. I'm not a huge sci-fi fan. I appreciate it, and I like I like Star Wars, but I, I don't totally love that genre. But I thought this was just the perfect mix of sci-fi, suspense. I can't say horror because I'm the biggest scaredy cat and I can totally watch this show. Yeah. Now, granted, I did see some things when I woke up in the middle of the night and had to walk down my dark hallway <laughs> up to the bathroom. <laughs> I could see see some things coming out of the wall. But um, no, I, I, I think it was um, it appeals to the masses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the monster is scary, but not too scary. Right. Right. I mean, it is a scary monster, but it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But it's like I, a, bo- a boogeyman type of thing. Right, exactly. I actually, to me, that's like the one thing that I... that that. That I didn't like about it was 
was when they started showing the monster so much. I don't know. I enjoyed it more. It was when scarier it was, when you didn't see yeah, it. Yeah. Well, the when old it was Jaws like, Spielberg rule, yeah. right? Um, or like Ridley Scott and Alien. It's but and when you kind of see it, it almost I has it was just alien like. It sort of had the signs effect to me. The M Night Shyamalan signs when you finally saw the alien and um and uh, Joaquin Phoenix's swing away, Meryl, and he and he's hitting it. There's literally a scene like that in Stranger Things where the boyfriend comes and hits the alien. Yeah. But um, but I don't know. I don't want to be too harsh on it because I really did enjoy the show, I and it it's lot. part of the the campy quality to it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I I I, I want to pull back on the monster just a tad, but that's nitpicking. I do like the little dark world that it lives in, the yes. the upside down. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's pretty yes, cool. That's great. Where it's all black and then like liquid on the ground. It reminded me of that Scarlett Johansson movie. Did you see Under the Skin? No, Where I haven't. But I heard it's really good. Yeah, she's like an alien that comes down and takes the form of of a woman. I can't remember what country, somewhere in Europe, and sort of seduces men. You know, most of them are are you know. <laughs> perverts and you know you, you like what they get coming to them you know and they die but she lures them into like a it looks exactly like that it's like this all black space <laughs> universe um with liquid on the ground and she lures them in and drowns them and kills them sort but of, i think huh. they were inspired by that movie i think so so sort of a combination of species and girl with a dragon tattoo exact very oh look at that <laughs> actually we had the star of species in here yesterday oh. mark helgenberger oh yeah yeah oh gosh i'd forgotten that she'd been in that she but we, she was we, not the alien though no she was in species though yeah and she uh yeah we facebook lived it yesterday because mm-hmm. she's coming to arena stage but yeah so cool. Um, well, that's neat. Well, I, this has been really kind of great. I think we kind of reached a point where maybe I'll let you guys go and actually edit your podcast. <laughs> we need to work on we our We have to pieces. write our stories for tomorrow. Okay, well, cool. Well, thanks for coming in. Thank and again, you. how can people find your podcast? Uh, you can find us on WTOP.com. Search Capital Culture. And there it'll have all of our past episodes plus a link to our iTunes our podcast on iTunes. And yeah, it you just can, got on iTunes. It just like got on iTunes. Last week or something. And you can so subscribe. We started, yeah, we started on SoundCloud as a test run. Yeah. And we're like, this is people need to log in. This isn't good. We need to yeah. get. So now we're on the website. We're on Audio Boom. We're on iTunes. It's yeah. easier to find. Yes. You can hit the podcast button on your phone. Hit the podcast button on your phone and search Capital Culture. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's do that. All right, thanks. Thank you for having us, Mike. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Awesome. Next time on It's All Journalism. Looking back, I think it was one of those things where you're not scared because you don't really know what you don't know. You know, you're running around, you're wearing the, the helmet and the flak jacket. And you're like, oh, this is great when you realize that, you know, a mortar round or an IED or something could happen. So it's this, you know, happy wanderer kind of effect for the first time around. Join us next time when we talk about covering the national security beat with Carlo Munoz of The Washington Times and Paul Schinkman of U.S. News and World Report. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about digital media. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Podcast One. This week's episode was edited by Nicola Grisco. Amber Healy provided our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music, and I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Hey, you've written a book. You can order copies of Turn Up the Volume, a Down and Dirty Guide to Podcasting on our website. Visit itsalljournalism.com and follow the link at the top of the page. Isn't it time you started your podcast? Do you like the work that we're doing here at It's All Journalism? Now you can show your support on our Patreon page. Follow the link at the top of our website and donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you can access exclusive content and receive updates about upcoming episodes. Donate a little bit more and we'll send you cool swag like our It's All Journalism mug or a signed copy of my podcasting book. There are even opportunities for you to submit ideas for future shows or even appear on an episode. 
Go to itsalljournalism.com and click on the Patreon link to find out more. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.